Welcome to a brand new episode of the post game. I'm your host, Davion, and I'm joined by my uh Emmett. What's up? And I'm joined by Lillian. Yo, yo. How we doing? Good, man. Pretty good, pretty good. Good, good, good. Yeah. No, no Kevin Durant, no Donovan Mitchell news yet. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I don't think it'll it'll come at at this point. But today we'll be starting a brand new series on the channel. Um this will go for like the next three-ish months until like the NBA kicks off in October. We're going to be just going through each NBA team, talking about each team, um, and just giving our opinion on what they need to do to be, you know, get to the next level or, or giving our opinion on what we think they're going to, what, what's, what, what's going to make of it. Um, but first today we're going to start off with the Boston Celtics. So Boston's a very interesting team. Um, you have a very young future in Jalen Brown and um, Jason Tatum. And you made it to the Eastern Con- – well, no, you made it to the finals this year. And so what what were they missing this season? I think the Celtics, more than anything, it, offense, you – it's very clearly a solid, uh, not even solid, a great defensive team. You've got Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, all can play man-to-man, can uh, great help defenders. But when you, especially when we were watching the finals this year, you get Jalen Brown, who is scoring really efficiently at a high volume, suffers um, issues with turnovers. And you look at Jason Tatum, practically disappears. You know, we grew accustomed to we get at least one or two Jason Tatum games where he dropped 30, 40 points. Just didn't happen in the finals. Mm-hmm. Marcus Smart, super inconsistent. Al Horford didn't have that same type of performance he had against Giannis. So it, when I look at the Celtics, I think the number one need there is defense. I think offense, offensively, sorry, offense, I think defensively, though, they look fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, go ahead. Matt. I would just, yeah, to answer your question, I just I think it was kind of the heat of the moment that really got them, in my opinion. Like they, in my opinion, probably had one of the toughest roads to the finals in that we've seen in history, starting off to Brooklyn, sweeping them, and then taking on the reigning champion Bucks, and then the the Heat who were super hot at the time and then you got to play the Warriors and I think credit where credit is due there uh like I think they were all hungry and and ready to go um I mean Tatum rolled through all three of those teams he had his way it just you know the finals uh I mean none of them had been there before and it's it's a whole different game and I I know like maybe a couple of like the first few games could just, you know, get the kinks out and whatnot. But uh like I I would I would say just run it back again. Like I think they could easily have won that series if the, if shots were falling. They they played well against Golden State defensively. Uh I mean, but you got a kid named a guy named Steph Curry, so but Celtics, I, I think they should run it back. So Watching 
watching the finals this season and watching um and watching the games obviously like do we think Jason Tatum went ghostly or do you think that's a method of good defense because personally I I I think that I I love Jason Tatum a lot and I've, I've liked him um since Duke even though I, I I would rather prefer Carolina than Duke, yes. But yeah, I, I I liked him when he got drafted, and I thought he could be, you know, a different like he can become like really different in this league in a couple in a couple years from when he got drafted, and like obviously he is now. And so I just feel like I think with time and like and drive and more of a consistent like you know reach in the playoffs and the finals. Like, I feel like that just becomes with experience. And so I think whenever he, you know, gets that experience under his belt, whenever he is able to, you know, become older and, like, you know, and, and play the game the way it needs to be played, I think you will see him, like, come become a championship player. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's time to come. Yeah. For sure. And I think I, – I, I don't like how everyone's – you know, throwing this hate at him all of a sudden just for ghosting in the finals. You could, like, no one's really saying much about KD anymore after his series against the Celtics, and that was kind of blown over. Yeah. But uh, I think what I saw from Tatum and why he was – why they were so good the la- the later part of the regular season and the play- why they got through the playoffs to the finals is that – you know, early on in, in Tatum's career, he just wants to be that guy. He wants to be that score, the ISO, give me the ball, I want to score. But this year, he took a much more uh, jump in his playmaking and getting guys open. You know, he's obviously the focal point, but, you know, he'll, he'll drive in and make a play for someone like Grant Williams, Marcus Smart, Derek White. Uh, all of those guys, their value grew tremendously because they were getting open looks, making winning plays. And I think in the finals, I didn't see as much of that playmaking that I saw from Tatum uh, earlier in the playoffs. I think paired with that, like, I think when it got to the finals, you saw him trying to switch his game up. And, and, and when you get to the finals, like, you should always stay to what you know. And I feel like with him, it's like he switched his game up so much. It was like it now became he was trying to, you know, pass the ball and like like and not be as, aggress- as, ag- as aggressive as he should be because we know like he's one of those relentless scorers where he can score at will whenever he wants. And so whenever he like doesn't do that and whenever he decides to be the passing like three that he isn't, well, he can be, but like it just does not benefit his team well enough. And so when he doesn't do that, like that becomes the problem. And that, and that's why, and that's like a piece of why they lost the, uh, the, the finals. And because, you know, Golden State's one of the team, one of those teams that are very experienced, something that Boston Celtics aren't, but Golden State's very experienced and they're going to hit you at your weakness every single time. Like they're going to stop you from doing everything that you think that you were perfect at. And so that's what, exactly yeah. what they did. 100%. I think this, I think, Jason Tatum can't take that backseat role with the Celtics. Oh, yeah, because no. 
you can't, you can't ask Jalen Brown to be the guy shouldering that load when you have Jason Tatum sitting there who can easily go and get you 30 points when he wants to. Yeah. So I think, I think it worked game one. We saw them come back because of his playmaking. But then when he continued to try and force that against an experienced veteran defense that Golden State has, it did not work because they didn't have more than one guy on the court at a time willing to go and score. And I think a lot of it also was when we did see Jason Tatum try and score, it looked like, I don't love to be this person, but it looked like he may have been more interested in looking for a foul than trying to get the ball in the basket. Yeah. And I mean, and we see these days, like, especially like, as like the NBA become more, like becomes more an under the whistle type game. You see like players start to do that and you see like, you know, them lose that step and them lose that that aggression that we know they have when they know they're not getting these fouls. I mean, because Jason Taylor's ever the finals. And you, we all know in the finals, like, fouls aren't called fouls as much anymore. It's, it's So it's really an aggressive, a really man's game. And so, like, it just – I don't know. We saw them fail in that, in that aspect of it. Mm. So what do we – like, I, I think I just asked this question, but do we think they can be – like – Okay, let me rephrase that. Hearing some of the rumors that just came out about um, Jalen Brown being offered in a package um, for Kevin Durant, give me your initial thoughts on it. Ooh, I, I, I don't like it for the Celtics. I think I think it would obviously benefit the Nets. They get some young guys that can they can build from, but I think that hurts the Celtics. The Celtics are a team that do not need another ball-dominant player. You have Jason Tatum. You have Jalen Brown. You have Marcus Smart, who is very willing, we've seen this year and in past years, to take the ball into his own hands and figure something out. You don't need to throw Kevin Durant into that mix. And obviously, I think what I, what I saw with the trade, uh, trade offer was Jalen Brown, and I think Marcus Smart was what the Nets wanted. But I don't like a front court of Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant together. I think that would lead to Jason Tatum doing again what he did in the finals and trying to take a back seat and facilitate more. Okay. Okay, but I mean the facilitator would be Kevin Durant. It wouldn't be Jalen Brown. That's a little bit different. No, but I, I'm saying Jason Tatum. I think we're trying to take that back seat and facilitate again like he did in the finals. I think, but I mean, I think it'll be a better like a, yeah, I think it would be a better slate doing that with Kevin Durant instead of Jalen Brown. Don't get me wrong. I think Jalen Brown is very talented and has a lot of like a lot of potential to be great, but he's no Kevin Durant. Let's be real. No, there's there's only three player, four players in this league that we can say are anywhere close to Kevin Durant. Um, and so I just feel like I don't like the trade. I think it's dumb for the Celtics. I don't understand why they would do that. Um, because what they would get Kevin Durant and would they get somebody else? Probably or just KD? Nah, just KD. And so like you I mean, you're gonna kill your future for a thirty seven year old man. Don't get me wrong, this thirty seven year old man is one of the most elite scorers in the league, but yeah. Um I, I think well, I don't I don't know what's on the table for the Nets, but I don't think I, they shouldn't be shutting down the Celtics immediately. I think they still should have this 
option available to them because I know we talked about earlier, like they need to take the best package that's available to them. And something that like maybe y'all don't know, but there's players, there's a rule in the league where you can't have two players that are like on their rookie max extensions. So like you can't have like, Zion and Jaw on the same on the same team at, at least during that rookie max ascension. So, like the only two young, sort of still growing wings that could be on the Nets. I'm talking about this because they have Ben Simmons who is on a rookie max right now. So they would the only two that they could really feasibly get that's still young is Jalen Brown and Brandon Ingram. Yeah. So. I think that they should keep the offer on the table. And if no better offers come, like I think Jalen Brown could be a, a nice piece for a, a semi-rebuilding team. Same with Ben Simmons. But I don't think the Celtics should have offered that at all. I think, like I said, again, like, you know, they got Brogdon in, who's a great playmaker shooter. Um, and I just say go back with the same roster. Like, revisit this next year if something's not working but yeah, yeah that's what that's what i think i mean do we think Jalen brown should be frustrated by this and should it hurt the relationship i mean i would you see he tweeted but we also what well, we also have to remember like the nba is a business these owners yeah. are businessmen like that's like they i'm not saying it's okay at all because it's not but i'm saying like like you should know this is going to be like this I mean, anyone can be put up for trade except LeBron or Curry or Giannis. You won't see these guys, but you're Jalen Brown. I'm not saying you're like you're you're not terrible, but you're not you're not untouchable. And there's only one man untouchable on that team, and that's Jason Tatum. And I feel like apparently they, they the Nets wanted Tatum oh, for sure. KD or something like that early they- on an entire team for KD and it's not going to happen. Yeah. I think, I think what yeah. we see with the Nets is they either don't trade him or they do what the Sixers did where they, the Sixers tried to ask for everybody in the world for Ben Simmons and then realized that it couldn't happen and just trade for a few role players. I mean, they yeah. traded him on a deadline too. Yeah. Now I will say I, KD's worth more than a few role players. I think they'd get a little more, but they're not going to get anything near what they want. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Boston's Boston's one of those teams in the league where it's like, like we said, they have added a lot this offseason. And so it's like they have potential to go back to back. If they can keep that core group together and they can, if they can keep like Jalen Brown happy. I mean, because do they need Jalen Brown? Like if he like what if he came out and requested a trade right now? <laughs> then I think the Nets would take that 100 percent. I mean, I would say yeah, but like if I'm if if I'm if I'm Boston, I'm if I'm and I'm trading Jalen Brown away, I'm going to get me a starting point guard. I'm going to get somebody who can really facilitate, shoot the ball well. Don't know who that is, but like I'm going to get somebody who can really take over a game if I need him to. I'm not saying Jalen Brown can't, but he's not a point guard. He's more of a two than a, than a one. Well, I'm really mm-hmm. interested in seeing what the Celtics, if they don't end up trading anybody, what their starting lineup looks like. Because you've got Marcus Smart, you've got Malcolm Brogdon, you've got Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Robert Williams. 
So would that be your starting five? I mean, that's that's an undersized backcourt. Yeah, that's I mean, probably, that's yeah, probably five. They were undersized last season, though. I mean, Golden Golden State was just like weren't they like the smallest, like one of the smallest teams in the league last year? Yeah, but they're like a notoriously small ball team. Yeah, but they and they won the league. I mean, they 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 pretty much doing exactly. I mean, they pretty much. The Celtics are pretty much do, trying to do what Golden State do. I mean, they uh, they surround their team with shooters, and they picked up Derek White as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's very easy to surround your team with shooters when two of those shooters are Clay Thompson and Stephen Curry. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I think I understand why the Celtics would want to look at Golden State and say this worked. Why don't we try that? But there's is very clear that Golden State has a specific formula and way of what they do that works. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much. I mean, this team, this Celtics team, became a three and D team last season, and so they yeah. pretty. And so they, they added two pieces and um, Malcolm Brogdon and Gallinari who are three-point shooters and they can definitely make a difference to your team. And so, I mean, I, I love the direction they're going in. I, I think they have potential to be right, right back in the finals next year. Um, but it's just a matter of time to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Before we like start closing on on the Celtics, because I don't know, the Celtics are one of those teams where it's like you just don't know what you're gonna get out of them until because last season they started off rough and they just weren't the team to be feared, and then they picked it up um, once they got going. But anything else on the Boston Celtics? Uh, yeah, I think it was so impressive how they were like under five hundred significantly at the break and then just turned it up out of nowhere. I honestly couldn't tell you what the reason for that was, but hey, I guess we know that any team can do it. I think I mean, I think they looked at each other and like, okay, like what are we doing here? We we are a lot better than what we can be. And don't get me wrong, like they put the I, like they put the ball I think they bench Marcus Smart, to be honest. I think they do. They they they, they bring him off the bench as a sixth man with the second unit because like he's a he's a point guard but like he's more of a he's more of a like I don't know like he's like Pat Bev but a little better. A little better? Oh I would say yeah. Okay. I, I agree to that statement. Yeah, a little bit better. And so I mean when you get like that you gotta gotta really think so I think that I mean they'll have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, um, Al Horford, Robert Williams, and then Malcolm Brogdon would start. And that's a really good. I mean, you got Pey- Peyton Pritchard coming off the bench, Conari coming off the bench, um, Derek White. Come, I mean, you got you got three point guards come off the bench, and Marcus Smart. Yeah, they got a lot of lot of point guards. Well, we'll count more Marcus Smart more as a, as a two. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know. The consistency and if they can get going fast next season and they can really, like, scrap up like they did last season in the playoffs, I mean, they can go back-to-back. I mean, it, and, I, and I think I think Golden State's still the team to beat. 
But we're not talking about Golden State. We're talking about the Celtics. So, <laughs> yeah, but um, I mean, that, that's all I got. Is that, that's all y'all got? Yeah, the, same. Yeah. Hey, just shout out to Ime Udoka, though. That, oh, that's yeah. Great... I mean, he completely changed that team around. Yeah. I, I remember his press conference last year at the start, at the beginning of the year. He was like, hey, Brad, I apologize, but, like, there's no way we're going to be, like, last in the NBA in defense. And I was like, and now they and then they changed into a top top five defensive team in the league. Yeah, I think he I think he was a lot of who got Marcus Smart to buy in to yeah. not just taking shots. Yeah. I mean and Marcus Smart has been shooting better. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that that's because there's lower volume there. He's taking better shots. Yeah. I mean that top of the key hot for him, I guess. But um yeah, that's all I have for today. Um Thank you all for listening to the new series. Just let us know how it is and let, let us know if you like it. Uh, we'll be covering a lot of, a lot of uh, NBA teams over the next couple months. Well, all of them, obviously. And, um, yeah, I think the next episode will be the Brooklyn Nets. So uh, stay tuned for that. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. I have been your host, Davion, uh, joined by Emmett and Lillian. And uh, this has been the postgame. Peace. Catch y'all.